Hello and welcome to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting where today I'm going to talk about the quality of your life is dependent upon the number of difficult conversations you're willing to have. So the big question is this, how are parents like us who don't have a manual, who are doing the best we can, who feel as though we aren't enough? How are we going to raise healthy, happy children who we are proud of and still keep our sanity in that process? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ryan Roy, and welcome to I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, a podcast for parents who are being real with themselves. Hey, welcome back to this episode of I Don't Know Jack About Parenting, and today I want to talk about how the quality of your life is dependent upon the number of difficult conversations you are willing to have. Wow, what a mouthful. Several years back, uh, when live streaming first came about, uh, for those of you who don't know about live streaming, I'm on a podcast talking about live live streaming, but uh, I was one of the earlier adopters, one of the first 20 million on YouTube. Uh, I there was a, a live streaming app called Meerkat that many people don't even know existed. It was the first one. Uh, Periscope took that over a Twitter-based live streaming, and many of you who may be listening right now may have never even heard of Periscope. But then Facebook Live came about, and in the early stages of Facebook Live, uh, one of my Periscope friends uh, was doing lives. And it just stands out to me, this particular one, she had a quick three-minute broadcast saying the quality of our life is dependent upon the number of difficult conversations we're willing to have. And I thought to myself, wow, how profound is that? And how is it profound? Because if we're unwilling to have a difficult conversation, if we hide from that, certain level of fear or anxiety builds up in ourselves. We wonder what the other person thinks. We start building things in our head that may or may not exist around that relationship. And why am I sharing this on a parenting podcast? Well, simply because it's we have to have some difficult conversations with our children. I don't know jack about parenting, but if we're not willing to create boundaries, if we're not willing to, once created those boundaries, if we're willing to do that, uh, create consequences if those boundaries are surpassed. And if we're not willing to have that conversation and implement those boundaries, life, I'm telling you, this parenting life becomes chaotic because there's no structure. So let's just bring it back to adulthood. Usually I, I use a bring adult problems and I use a childhood example, but these are parenting examples that I'm going to bring into real world life as examples. So for example, let's say a boss has an employee that he really likes or she really likes and they're just not performing up to the standard that the job requirement demands. They don't want to have that difficult conversation. They like this person and they have, you know, a family and a wife, and two kids and, and a dog. And they just bought a new house. And like, I don't want to I want to tell this person that 
you know, they, they, they're going to lose their job. And they avoid it and they avoid it. Next thing you know, because the job isn't getting done and they're in charge, guess what? They lose their own job. And it takes the next guy a couple months just to figure it out that it probably wasn't the manager. It was the manager because he wasn't able to have that conversation. But it's some of these employees that just aren't doing their job. And what's that cost the company? And the ripple effect, which you guys heard me talk about, and the trickle-down effect of that is immense simply because people weren't willing to have a difficult conversation. Too many people avoid necessary, yes, difficult, uncomfortable conversations simply because they think the problem's going to go away. Problems don't go away. And the sooner we deal with our challenges... In our problems, in an effective manner, the sooner these problems and <laughs> challenges go away because they've been dealt with. Or if they don't go away, a solution is soon to come. Why? Because those challenges have been addressed and faced even though it may have been difficult. So... How many of these conversations do we need to have in a lifetime? Well, we need to have enough to make a difference in our life. We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to be willing. One of my favorite quotes from a poem. We need to be willing to let down another, right? To be true to ourselves. And too often people are trying to protect other people and in the same process they are hurting themselves. Does that make sense? Like I don't want someone to think badly about me but you're suffering inside because you're unwilling to have that conversation. See parents nowadays I feel as though they want to be their kids friends and don't get me wrong I hope my son one day thinks of me as his greatest mentor his biggest hero and his his everything I mean that's that's a dad's wish but I know if he thinks of me as a friend someone that he could pal around with go to the game with and just have drinks with and not really value the relationship because I didn't pour into him that's not what I want I want him to look to me as somebody who who when needed to give him some discipline or some structure, he gave that. At the same time, poured love into him. See, my greatest accomplishments as an athlete, I had a coach who just grinded us and made us run stairs and beat us up and 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 mentally challenged us and told us we were, he called us scrubs all the time. Like, you guys aren't that good. Like, no matter how good we were, it wasn't good enough. But because we always strived for that guy to do better because he told us we could. He didn't say you suck and you'll never do better. He's like, you're a scrub. Do better than that. Practice. Keep going. You only you think you got one lap in you? We could do two. You think we're going to practice for an hour today? We're going to do two. Hey, Ryan. You, you, you're, you're supposed to be have the strongest hands on the team based on your position. Everybody else is doing push-ups. Ryan does them on his fingertips. I hated him for it until I won. 
See, I hope my kid hates me for doing certain things. And then when he wins at life, he looks back and says, wow. Dad had a lot of difficult conversations with me. Dad poured into me. When dad was exhausted, he stayed up late and talked to me. When dad had to work, he stopped and he disciplined me. When dad had to, he paused and poured into me. And a lot of those conversations to our kids happen to be difficult ones. Now, I don't know as you're listening as a parent, I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know if you're pre-birth in the same stage as uh, me where I got a toddler in, in, in a, a, you know, an elementary school age. I don't know if you're in high school, or you got middle schoolers or if your kids are off and somehow you're like, wow, I wish this podcast was around when I was younger. I don't know what stage you are, but I know this. Kids love structure. Kids want discipline, even though they don't know they want it. And it's our job as parents to provide that. Helicopter parents, hovering over your kids and watching their every move. Yeah, that's probably not going to serve you or them. It's going to drive you crazy and them crazy. And when they don't have you, they're going to need you. And maybe that's some type of self-fulfilling thing because you have a desire to be wanted and needed. But that's not going to serve them. Our job as parents is to create productive members of society. And if they rely on you to be productive, keyword rely, they can use you. They can utilize you, your resources, your help. But ultimately, they need to be the productive member of society. And it's our jobs to have those difficult conversations about respect, accountability, integrity, your word, your bond, your handshake. And what that means. And there's no one else they'll listen to more than you. Because I don't know about you guys. Listen, again, this, this stage of life they're in. I don't know where you're at, but I'm in a stage of life where... And parenting where every time my son is given a gift, I say, what do you have to say? And, you know, he forgets and thank you. What do you say? When someone sneezes, you bless you. What do you say? It's like, dude, when am I going to have to say, what do you say? Because it's been seven and a half years. I have to say it until it's ingrained in him enough where he says it. On his own. And sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. It's my job to continue to remind him no matter how frustrating it may be. When I ask him to open the doors for women... Mom's out there. Listen, I'm going to go on a side rant here about difficult conversations because this is one I'm going to have with you. When a man wants to open a door for you, you say thank you. And yeah, I just did an episode where it said, oh, you know, I don't need a man. I don't need a man to open the door for me. You're right. You don't. But, you know, so many times I hear women say, whatever happened to chivalry? And I go, it died when women stopped thanking us men for opening doors. I can't tell you how many times I open a door for a woman and she just walks by and I graciously say, you're welcome. And she's still staring into her phone or gives me a dirty look as if, 
What's the big deal? Or when I go to pick up a case of water for a woman uh, who's coming out of Costco and offer to put it in her car. And she's like, I, I don't need you to do that. I said, you're right. You don't. I'm offering. Because I'm here and I'm capable. And it's one less thing you need to do. When I do it for older women, women I would say in their 60s, they often thank me. And then they ask me to thank my mother for raising me to do that. Because they grew up in a time and an age where men did that for women. See, opening a door is not that big a deal. When I was out at a restaurant one day and we all had seats and then, you know, a group of women came in and we're waiting for our table and... It was at like a, a steakhouse, what's the Longhorns or something like that. And we're waiting. And I said to my son, I said, hey, we need to stand up. This is what men do when women enter and they need a seat. And he's about four or five. And I said, ladies, please sit down. Our table's probably coming up pretty soon. Take these seats. And they said, no, no, no. You know, let, let him sit. And I kind of whispered to the group of ladies. I said, ladies, I'm trying to teach a young man how to treat ladies with respect. Can you please take our kind gesture and take the seats so that I could teach him that that's what you do. Even in a society where society is telling us we don't have to do that anymore. See, as I try to teach my children, I have to have difficult conversations with adults about how I'm trying to empower him to be a better man. And society I have to have these conversations with. And to me, that's a shame. So be willing to have those difficult conversations with people. Whether they're perfect strangers or your own children. Because your life and your children's lives We'll be better for it long term. We'll see you in the next episode. Do you want to be the dad you wish you had? If so, go get my free book, Be the Dad You Wish You Had, at be the dad you wish you had.com. Inside, you'll find my most effective 40 tips to quickly and easily transform yourself into the ideal dad. Go to be the dad you wish you had.com now and get it while it's free.